If you have your Bibles, if you brought them today, turn to John chapter 1. If you don't have your Bibles, then there's an insert uh, with the scripture that I'm going to read. We'd love for you just to take the opportunity to read it as uh, read it for yourself as I uh, read it to us and just kind of follow along. And uh, John's version of the Christmas story as I'm going to read it in these first couple of verses is radically different than the version that uh, Dr. Luke wrote and uh, Matthew wrote, and we'll talk about that in just a second. So John chapter 1, I'm going to read the first uh, 14 uh, verses for us this morning. We'll be up here on the screen as well. So this is the disciple whom Jesus loved. He's one of the four gospel writers. He wrote this, In the beginning was the Word, speaking about Jesus, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. This is what we're focusing on this morning. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, John the Baptist, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, John the Baptist, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world, verse 10. He was in the world, speaking of Jesus, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Jesus came to his own and his own people, they didn't even receive him. But to all who did receive him, Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And then verse 14, which is John's Christmas verse, and the word became flesh. Jesus became flesh, and he dwelt amongst us. And John said, we've seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, John's gospel is radically different from Matthew and Luke. Uh, In John's gospel, which I just read, there was no mention of Bethlehem. Uh, There was no mention of Mary, no mention of Joseph. Uh, There was no mention of the inn. There was no mention of the manger, the angels, the shepherds, no stars, no sheep. And this is why. Uh, So you have Matthew, Mark, and Luke written to tell about the life of Christ, and John will do that. But before John talks about how Jesus was born or what Jesus did, John starts off immediately by wanting us to know who Jesus was who Jesus was. He was God in the flesh. One night, a small voice came from across the hall of dad's bedroom. Daddy, I'm scared. And the dad said from across the hall, I'm I'm right across the hall, son. Daddy, I'm still scared. Dad upped it a little bit and said, well, God is watching over you, son. And the son said, Daddy, I want somebody with skin on. I want somebody with skin on. And John's gospel tells us right up front that Jesus is God 
with skin on. The second thing that he really wants to tell us about at the beginning, and he wants us to see this because it'll play all the way out in John's gospel, and he's going to mention in verse 4, 5, 7, 8, and 9, is that, is that Jesus is the light of the world. John could not get over being in the presence of Christ for those three years that he walked with him, hearing Jesus himself proclaim that he was the light of the world. He, he just saw this beautiful person, this miracle-working person. He, he saw that person go to the cross and then be buried, and he saw the resurrected Christ. And one of the things that just stood out to him is that Jesus was the light of the world. Now, we should not be uh, surprised by that, nor should the people of Jesus' day be surprised that the Messiah that was prophesied to come, who is going to be Jesus, would be, would be a light to the world. Because it was pictured all the way back in the book of Exodus. And I, I have an artist's rendition of when, when they were coming out of Egypt and they were going to travel in the wilderness for 40 years. Jesus said in Exodus 13, or God said in Exodus 13, that, that I'm going to be a cloud by day to follow and I'm going to be a pillar of fire by night. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to light up the sky over you. And you don't have to worry about being out there in the middle of the wilderness where there's no parking lights and, and it can be, you, you wonder what's going on. And I, and I'll, I'll be a warmth to you. The pillar of fire will warm you up in the wilderness night, and, and so I, I'll protect you, I'll, I'll go before you. And so the Jewish people always had this visual picture of God being a light to them and a, and a, and a visual light to them. And so then God spoke to Isaiah hundreds of years after the, the Exodus experience, and there's some familiar verses that we have in Isaiah chapter 9. This is 700 years before Christ. And Isaiah was given this beautiful revelation, this prophecy, that when the Messiah comes, he's going to come as a light to the world. Look what Isaiah wrote. 700 years before Christ. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has the light shown. Now, it hasn't shown yet, but Isaiah seeing the future prophecy of the Messiah. And then maybe in a Christmas card that you've sent or received already, verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. This, this is the light that was promised. And the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, uh, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We could use him today, amen? We could use him today, amen. So Isaiah prophesied about it. Well, the Jewish people took Isaiah's prophecy, and it was passed down from the forefathers, the uh, generations ahead of them, about how the pillar of fire was this light. And uh, this is a picture, one of my favorite pictures from visiting Israel. And so during Jesus' day, uh, and as is uh, talked about in the Old Testament, they would have three main feasts that all the Jews would gather back to Jerusalem. And one of the main feasts was the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, 
And at the Feast of Tabernacles, they would remember God's presence and his protection and how he got them through the wilderness for 40 years. And they would remember the, the pillar of fire by night. And so what they would do is they would light up Jerusalem. Now, you see the dome in the background. Uh, that is the ground that the Jewish people long uh, to have. It's not in their control. They're not even allowed on that piece of ground. But you see that wall, that's called the Western Wall. You might see that in the news. And so that's the closest that a Jewish person can actually get to the Temple Mount, which is where that uh, big dome is. And so that's a very holy, sacred place. If you go to Israel, you're able, you're able to go, uh, you, ha you have to go, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a quiet place you go, except for on the Feast of Tabernacles. And to this day, at the Feast of Tabernacles, they flood that whole courtyard there, and they light up the whole Western Wall and everything they can because they're remembering that God is going to come as light. Now, the problem is, is that the light of the world has come, and they missed him. So they're still looking for the light of the world to come. And, and you go there, and they light it up, and it's a beautiful thought to them that God could be the light of the world. Well, it was at this very ceremony in John chapter 8 that uh, Jesus had his brothers go ahead of him, and then he came, and he stood up at the end of the ceremony when all of the lights would be lit, and he stood up in John chapter 8 and verse 12. It's recorded for us. Jesus said, today that prophecy is fulfilled. I am the light of the world. And, of course, the Jewish people didn't get it, and, and John's going to write about, well, what happened when the light of the world uh, revealed himself as the light of the world to the world? What, what actually took place? And John was amazed. He was brokenhearted. He was amazed. And so before he's ever going to tell us all these miracles and how he treated the woman at the well and the woman caught in adultery, before he ever shows us the soft touch that Jesus had in all of these lives, he wants us to know right up front how that beautiful Jesus, the light of the world, um, how, how did it go when he entered the world? So I have three just really simple thoughts that I want you to get your mind wrapped around with me today. So Jesus Christ, the light of the world, John, at the very beginning of his gospel, before he even tells us what Jesus did, he, he wants us to see how Jesus, the light of the world, was received. And so just three simple truths. I just want to just talk about them from verses 9 through verse 13. So, so the first thing that we want to know that's of great value to us 2,000 years later is that Jesus Christ came as the light of the world, and he openly revealed himself to everyone. So, so do all. So I'll just read verse 9. If you have your hand out or your Bible, you can see it for yourselves. The true light, John said, which is Jesus, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So in the clearest terms, Jesus is revealed as the light of the world. And he revealed himself not just to the religious elite, uh, not just to the people at the temple. He actually came to Bethlehem. He came to the shepherds like, we, like uh, Josh already talked about. But he revealed himself to the world, to, to us. Every one of us, if we would have been living in that moment, he came to reveal himself to us. Now, it says in verse 9 and in other places in the Bible that he came to reveal himself to the world. 
Well, the world has a couple of meanings in Scripture. First of all, it's talking about the totality of people. But there's a tint of meaning every time, almost every time John uses it. The world, the, the word, as we've shared before, is the Greek word cosmos. That doesn't necessarily mean anything to it, but it's where we get the word cosmetics. And so it's talking about an orderly system. That's where that, that's where that uh, put things put things in order. So it's the word for world. And when John uses the word, it almost always is a term describing the world of humanity darkened by sin. It's almost, it's all this mass of humanity that sin and uh, death has taken a toll on, that has, that has beaten down, that has marred it from being the beautiful creation that God has meant it to be. And John is saying, I'm just amazed that Jesus didn't come down for these perfect people and these religious people and the people that went to church all the time. He came down to reveal himself to the mass of humanity that are lost in darkness. And if you just think about the light, and especially Jesus, light of the world, light always penetrates darkness. The darker the room, the brighter the light. It gives vision it exposes danger, it guides to safety, it protects from tripping. The older I get, I really appreciate the light switch going on before I walk down the steps. And the light is Jesus. Jesus himself would say a couple of chapters later, a verse that everybody here knows, John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the light's revealed to all. And here's the thing that broke John's heart and should break our heart and your heart today. The light was tragically rejected by almost everyone. I put most up on the screen, so revealed to all, rejected by most. Two sad statements are made in verses 10 and 11. So, so he came to the world and the world did not, verse 10 says, know him. That, that word means to actually personally acknowledge, personally recognize. Uh, the negative side of the word means the world actually ignored him. It wasn't that they didn't know about him. Uh, it wasn't even necessarily they didn't understand him. It wasn't that they needed more information. They just ignored him. They refused to recognize him. And the word carries this idea of a personal choice of the vast majority of people hearing about this Jesus, kind of liking the concept of Jesus, and he's a, he's a nice guy, he's a miracle worker, I could use the peace uh, that, that he has, but I really, there's no, there's no room in my life for him. And then the second phrase that it says about the vast majority of people that, uh, is that they did not receive him. The word receive is a really cool word. It means to take to oneself for oneself. So to receive something is to take it to yourself for yourself. Now, I was pretty happy with myself this Christmas, and I actually figured out how to uh, order something from Amazon and have it arrive at the front door. I learned that from my wife. Thank you. And uh, I forgot to uh, share with my wife that I decided that there was a really nice Christmas gift that she should give me. So I ordered it to, you know, just trying to help her out at Christmas. And it arrived at the front door. And uh, she asked me, well, what, what was this that arrived at the front door? And I 
I, I, I could go one of two ways. I could act like I don't know who, who sent that. That would have been a lie. Pastors can't lie. So I said, well, honey, I, you, you were, you know, keep you from, you're getting gifts for everybody else. Uh, that's a nice heated hunting jacket. And I don't know how it happened. It just happens to be my size. So the idea is, is that I purchased a gift. I received a gift to myself for myself. And John, the writer of the gospel of John, is saying that Jesus came as the light of the world. Uh, the, everybody should have known. He was prophesied about his birth, virgin, prophesied about the town, Bethlehem, prophesied about what was going to go on, prophesied all the miracles that he would do, specifically the kind of miracles he was going to do, how he was going to die, Isaiah 53. They should have recognized him and they refused to recognize him. They didn't have a bad day. They refused to recognize. They refused to take Jesus to themselves for themselves. Instead of putting out a welcome mat, they slammed the door in his face. Uh, I, I've shared this before, but I worked with a guy. He was actually my boss for a while. Uh, this will show you how much of a personality this boss of mine uh, from back. His, at his house, uh, he and his wife didn't have any children. At his house, he had a doormat. And on the front of the doormat, he had, he had a personalized doormat. And the doormat said, go away. Wow. That'd make you feel warm and fuzzy, wouldn't it, when you knocked on the door? But if you refuse to recognize and you refuse to receive, it's not a neutral thing. It's a go-away thing. Now, just before I go to the last thing I want to say about the light, if you do have a Bible, just turn over a couple chapters to John chapter 3, and I'll just read a couple of verses. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's fine. I want you to give, I want to give you Jesus's explanation for, while, for why he wasn't recognized and why he wasn't received when the light came. Jesus doesn't mince words here. So right after verse 16, this in John chapter 3, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. He's going to go on to say why the vast majority, 99.9% .9 of humanity have not received him have not recognized him. And he says, and I'll just start at verse 19. This is Jesus speaking. And this is the judgment. And it continues today. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil or they, they just weren't uh, things that would be pleasing to God. So the lights come in the world. People weren't neutral. They actually loved the darkness more than they loved the light. Verse 20, for everyone who, who does these things that are uh, displeasing to God hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. So, so Jesus is even saying, and John recorded it, believe it or not, the light has come and many, many, many most have rejected the light, uh, not because they're just neutral, they need more information, it's because they love the darkness more than they love the light. And that would be true for, for some here today. Loving the darkness more than loving the light. 
And so Jesus still today, 2,000 years later, he's the light that can never be extinguished. He's still saying, I am the light of the world. He's, he says in our passage, if you believe in me and you receive in me, you can, you can have that light inside you and all the benefits that go with that, which leads me to the final point here, uh, just on this simple outline that the, the light, according to John, was personally received by some. The vast majority rejected. That's the Christmas story is really a story of rejection overall, but some received. So let me read verse 12 and 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So this is going to be a major turning point. John is saying, but there were some. John was one of them. Who, who came to this dividing line of all mankind, and you're either going to refuse to recognize and refuse to receive, or you're going to believe and receive that Jesus is the light, the very thing he promised. And there's, there's three like really specific verbs that are really important. Receive. It's a word describing a loved, uh, a loved, uh, a, a loving welcome of somebody that's been gone for a long time. So we have family coming in, as, you, as many of you do, or you'd be going to family. Some family you haven't seen for a while. It's that longing to see that family member and give them a brace. That's the idea of receiving. Like you welcome this light of the world into your life, and you receive him. You personally receive a person by the name of Jesus. And so to receive him means not Jesus is a Savior, not even Jesus, you could say this morning, is the Savior. But when you receive him, you would say Jesus is my Savior to personally receive. The, the second word that describes what needs to happen in your life and my life is to believe in his name. Now let's go back to Matthew's account of the birth of Christ. The angel came down and told Mary and Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus you can help me with this, for he will save his people from what? From their sins. That's why he came. He did a million other things that benefited humanity. But the number one thing and the reason why he came is to save the sinner from their sins by going to the cross, by taking the sin as a sinless one, by, by, by offering with his hands spread out of the cross forgiveness to anyone who will believe in his name, what his name signifies, who he stands for, why he came, and receive that forgiveness. It's as simple as that. You're a sinner, alienated from a holy God. He loves you too much to want you to stay that way. He came and he took on flesh and he lived a sinless life and he died in his place. So I was talking about at the temple when they were at the Feast of Tabernacles and they were having the celebration of light, when Jesus stood up, here's what he said. I'll just read it and I just, I just want us to soak this in just for a second uh, as I close. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He said, I am. So that's, that's a personal call from him to you. Uh, the light of the world, the light, 
in the original language, in front of light is the word the. That's, an, that's a specific article. He, of all of the lights in the world, of everything that's going on at the temple, no matter how many candles you light, Jesus is the light, exclusive to, to, to himself. He's the light of the world. It's a universal call to come to the light. The light's a person. Whoever. So here's what I want you to see. There's a period between the word world and whoever, but that's a, that's a huge gap. So he comes to the whole world, but he's only going to be a benefit and a light in your life to the one who is whoever follows. This is a call of surrender. And notice, round and round. You got it. That's saying, just keep singing. That's good there. I like that. <laughs> You will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That is a transforming call. Do you know, no matter, life may not perfect with you, do you know that you can not walk in darkness, but you can have the light of life? Do you know that? That's what Christmas is all about. Now listen to me. If you're visiting with us, and many of you are, I don't, some of you I haven't met, I would love to meet you after this. From Scripture, there's no church to join. There's no class to attend. There's no aisle to walk. There's no specific clothes to wear. There's no creed to memorize. There's no attendance pin to achieve. Uh, we took the line from Jesus, but it is, it is the moniker of our church from, for 18 years now. Come as you are, leave different, amen? Like, just come as you are. Like, right in your seat. Right, No matter how many times you've gone to church, or maybe you've never gone to church, do you see Jesus as the light of the world? It's not enough to look at the light. It's not enough to talk about the light. It's not enough to study the light. You have to receive the light, amen? Amen. And then John wrote 1 John 3 in verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. Now let me, let me tell you what you become when you receive the light. And for those of us who have had a time where we receive Christ as Lord and Savior, let me remind you of the blessings you have that Katie is experiencing this very moment. You're not an employee of of Christ. You're not a slave. You're a child. Amen. Your sins are forgiven. You're in the family of God. God, the father is your father. Heaven is waiting for you. You may be dumped on and duped in this life, but he will never leave you nor forsake you. That should be an amen for some people. His favor is on you. His touch is with you. His care is for you. His resources are all around you. You are his child. I can't think of a greater message on Christmas Eve then Jesus is the light of the world. We sing at Christmas because we have something to sing about, amen? Light is coming to the world, and you don't need to walk in darkness. So no matter how dark and how cold the world is around you, and I know some of your stories, Jesus has come to be a light in the world and radically, radically transform you. I'm going to pray in just a second, and I'm going to ask you to take out these connection cards, and Lakeside family is used to these, and this is our way to stay connected. So here, here's what we're going to do over the next couple of minutes, and, and uh, Josh and the worship team are going to come up here, and 
We're going to finish with Silent Night. Um, Josh will ask us to pass the baskets. They're going to be for these cards. And then uh, Pastor Joel and I will light the candle here, and we'll go to each side, and we'll light each section. And then you pass the light on to the next person, and we'll shut the lights down, and we'll sing A Silent Night. But on this connection card, even if it's your very first time here, on the backside is a place to put a prayer request or a praise. We, we long, we desire to pray. Uh, we're, we're in touch with how difficult the world can be. So we want you to, even if, even if you're just visiting, we, we would love to pray for you. And there's ways to respond to God on the back that we say, here's some possible ways. So we're going to give you a couple of moments uh, to respond uh, to the connection card. Like I said, when we pass the baskets, they're not for your money. We're, we're just thankful that you're here today. And then uh, when uh, Pastor Joel and I start lighting the lights, we'll ask you all to stand. The lights will go off. We'll ask you to stand and we'll sing a silent night. So let me have a word of prayer and then take a couple moments just between you and the Lord before all the busyness, the goodness of the Christmas season. Father, thanks for blessing us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for all you're doing in our midst. Lord, I, I, I go today in the spirit and passion of Katie. And uh, Lord, for 21 years, she was never able to verbalize her passion. And she's in your presence, freer than she's ever been, completely unrestricted by any human liability. She's basking in the light. Uh, Lord, it would be my, my personal desire from the deepest part of my heart that there wouldn't be one here this morning that doesn't personally believe and receive and bask in the light of Christ. Oh Lord, we know that in this world there's tribulation, even for those who are basking in the light, but we know that you've overcome the world and we're to be of good cheer. So Lord, would you do this work? We thank you for this great Christmas idea of coming and taking on flesh. We elevate your son as the light of the world. Thank you so much in Christ's precious name. Amen.